Hey, this is Richard Blaine with Oh the Humanity podcast and what is happening? I'm trying something new today, so let's hope it works great. And that is just basically recording the podcast through my phone. Normally I kind of log out of my browser on my computer, but let's try something new, you know. Now, this is Thanksgiving Day, and I thought, what can I talk about on Thanksgiving you know, now normally, well, there's a lot of fun things to talk about, actually. Um, I heard a, a video uh, among some college students. This guy went onto a college campus and just started asking kids, so do you think it's okay to celebrate Thanksgiving? <laughs> that was a kind of a funny question. He just simply asked, do you think it's okay to celebrate Thanksgiving? And, I mean, I'm not sure how much was edited out. Maybe there was plenty of students that said yes, and he just selected the ones that said no. But pretty much most of the students that were interviewed, it seemed, said, no, it's not really okay because, I don't know, America, they, you know, they took over this land and, uh, you know, they just don't feel thankful. <laughs> they they feel guilty about it. Or, you know, now, I don't want to get into politics and stuff, but I'm just saying, Wow, you know, let's just say that you're in a brand new land, and in this case, we're, you're, you're a pilgrim, right? So first of all, you're worshiping some strange supernatural being that nobody can see. You've never seen it yourself, of course, as well, because it's not real. And that's the thing about my podcast is I don't believe in God, so I'm talking about things from that perspective. But anyway, so here I am, I'm a pilgrim, I've been hanging out for, I don't know, almost a year now, and I survived, right? <laughs> and these people, they're scary, and they, they shoot bows and arrows and kill people, and, and they're, not, they're not easy to fight against or do anything with, but I'm thankful that I'm still here. So I think it's perfectly okay to celebrate Thanksgiving because you're just basically saying, wow, I'm here. Now, in that case, they're think they're trying to thank God or something. I think they should just thank uh, the lucky stars, right? Hey, there's a, that's somebody you could thank. I just thank my lucky stars that I haven't been killed by an Indian yet. And I'm not sure why I came over here, but nobody here believes in the God that I believe in, and they're scary. And yet I'm still alive. Thank you. And hey, check out this pumpkin pie. It's not bad. So that's going on. Um, so anyway, I was asked to come over to my neighbor's house for Thanksgiving. And and it's funny because he, I think he knew or he knows that I'm an atheist because I told him I don't believe in God, in God anymore. And I know that he is a Christian. Uh, his family is all Hispanic and they, I don't know, a lot of, Hispanics are Catholics or they believe in Jesus and stuff. And so, but the funny thing was he asked me to pray. I think you need to pray because you're the guest. And I'm like, well, I don't think I'm the right person to pray since I don't believe in God. So he said, no, no, I want I want you to do it. So people are gathered around and I said, um, well, I'm very happy to be here and thankful for all of you people. And if there's a God, I pray that the cowboys 
could maybe come back and make it a, like a miracle comeback and win the game against the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> and then the grandma lady, she looks at me, she says, oh, there's a God, there's a God. <laughs> and then, um, and then my friend said to me, no, no, that's not going to work because they're too far behind. And then later he told me, well, that's, well, I told him, it's a good thing that uh, Cowboys didn't come back and then I might have to believe in God again. And then he said, that's not how God works. <laughs> well, you know, God doesn't work, period, because there's no God. So you could say that's not how God works or whatever, but uh, God, uh, there's being no God, it doesn't work. Oh, I was going to bring on some music here. So, something to be thankful for right there. Now, that's uh, Jacob Asturias with the song Continuum on fretless bass. Now this guy, he took a regular Fender bass and he, he actually uh, took out the frets and made it a fretless. He didn't buy it as a fretless, he made it into a fretless. And wow, he learned how to play it. <laughs> Now, if you don't know what a fretless is, it's simple. It's just like the difference between a, a guitar and a cello or a violin. Violins don't have any frets. Neither does a cello. So normally when you buy a bass, let me turn that down a little bit. Basses have frets in them. But not for Jocko. He took out his frets and became a world famous fretless bass player. He was the guy, I may have told this jo joke before, but um, he was being interviewed about the, his music and being a bass player and such, and then they asked him, well, Jocko, um, what do you feel about the future of the electric bass in America? And he looked at them and he said, well, right now, the future of the electric bass is going to the bathroom. And he stood up and he walked over to the bathroom. <laughs> because he was fairly confident. And that's an inter interesting thing about him is that he had a, a lot of confidence going on. Sure did. Now, I used to have confidence in God, but I don't believe in God anymore. But if I did have confidence in God, then maybe I could say, hey, the Cowboys came back, or they're going to come back. But really, that's, that's, not, uh, that's not funny. I'm sorry, guys. I was just making a joke. Oh, speaking of jokes... Uh, I heard a joke today. I'm going to thank Reddit for it because it was on a website called Reddit. But, you know, there's a king, right? And he's looking at three cups in front of him. Two of the cups are full and one cup is empty. Now, what's the name of the king? Hmm? And then, so in, in Red Eye, no, Reddit, R-E-D-D-I-T, they come up with jokes like this, and then you're supposed to come up with the answer. But the answer is, what's the name of the king? It's King Philip III. Fill up the third glass. Right? <laughs> That's a good one. And then, so I told that joke to my Thanksgiving party people, and that was fun. And I had one more joke to tell them, which I don't know if I've told you before, but 
um, guy goes into Whole Foods Market and he goes straight to the sandwich bar. He's like, wow, look at all this stuff, all these ingredients. I want some falafel. I want some sweet uh, peppers over there. I want some mixed greens and onions and just on and on and on with these ingredients. I guess the guy's a vegetarian. And finally, tired and everything, what's the guy from Whole Foods say? He says, that's a wrap. All right. <laughs> so that's enough for my comedy hour today. Um, am I still recording? Oh, yes. I think so. Now I'm going to read something from my book called Oh, the Humanity. I thought, well, what can I read today? Is there anything related to Thanksgiving? And I found a chapter called Thank You, God. Okay, so I'm going to read a little bit from that chapter. And maybe if I have time, I'll get into another chapter called Humble Pie. Because, you know, we were all thinking about pie today anyway. And I've got a pumpkin pie in the refrigerator. So, yeah. Let me turn down Jocko. Oh, that song just ended. Beautiful. Thank you, Jocko. Unfortunately, he is not with us anymore. But... I love him. I love the fact that he shared with us his musical gift and his big influence in my life. And so, thanks, Jocko. Okay, so here we go with a chapter called Thank You, God. I feel I've heard it all in my time as a Christian. As a Facebook user, the majority of my friends are Christians. And I hear them talk a lot. And of course, the things people at my church say as well. But God gets the credit for all the little things, I think, depending on how tuned in that believer is. As the master creator, of course, anything that happens is thanks to him. But also people feel it's him that is orchestrating even the smallest of things in their day-to-day -day existence. As an example, a parent said that his two children fell asleep for a while and he was able to have some alone time watching football just doing non-parent type of activities. He then said it was amazing how God works out things in his life like that. <laughs> I understand. When you're doing that deep believing, I'm sorry, when you're that deep into believing, you begin to figure that God is in control of every little thing that happens to you, including the birth of your child. I suppose children sometimes sleep regardless of their parents' religion. That's a biological thing. But if you're a Christian, children sleep because God arranges it and makes it happen. Thank you, God. So there's that. This chapter goes on and on for a while. Um, I don't know. That is funny. Can you, I mean, can you imagine when your child falls asleep for just a little while and you're saying to yourself, it's amazing how God works that out so that I can watch football? <laughs> I mean, I mean, this is Christian talk, and and they'll say like stuff like that all day long. I am just amazed. Let me skip down a little bit, further and further. Okay. Here's another paragraph further down. It says, "Once you're in, you're in deep." I think, in the opening episode of Homeland. An operative assesses the strategy of militant Islam as such. It's all in the book, their fucking book. 
They read it all the time. They never stop. They're there for one reason and one reason only, to die for the caliphate and usher in a world with no infidels. That's their strategy. And it's been that way since the 7th century. Wow. So that's from Homeland. Now I'm back to my writing. I guess you could say Islam is more up to date since their book is a 7th century piece and Christians are focused on an earlier work. But the reading of the Bible and the Bible alone has a similar feel to it to what that black ops guy was saying about Islam. One book, despite the whole world around us spinning and changing, if you want to discuss miracles, maybe we could start there. That the Christian church still holds together and all based on the teachings of a collection of writings starting from the 5th century BCE is in itself a miracle. One might say it's a cult that just continued to grow, although the definition of cult is careful to separate itself from major religion by saying it's a relatively small group of people or that the practices of the group are regarded by others as sinister or strange. Okay, we're safe. Phew! Christianity is not a cult because it's become very large and most people don't think of it as strange. Still, in the beginning, it was a small group of believers looked upon as strange by countrymen. We could, we could argue that it was a cult from the beginning. Hmm. How is that possible? They have one book and they read it all the time. They have the one God and they attribute all the small things that happen over to him, even though as a species, all human beings experience similar things in life. When I think of the congregation sitting and listening to the pastor reading from the book, and repeating monotone responses in sync, I'm thinking cult. Okay, that term has been hijacked and has negative connotations, so I'll have to find a kinder term. But consider this. Is it extreme to follow one book written 2,000 years ago? To believe in supposed miracles that happened according to stories told during that same period of history? Is it strange that people follow in lockstep, changing their occupations, giving away their money and fortunes to the group? There's so much that's strange and extreme about it. And once in, it's not easy to leave either. Hmm. I came upon an online group recently called The Clergy Project. It's interesting. I wrote this in uh, 2016, in March. And uh, I later became a member of The Clergy Project, but back then... I was just looking into it. But anyway, the Clergy Project provides support to religious professionals who want to break away from the belief in anything supernatural. For a pastor, though, that would mean you've just lost your job in most cases. All members of Christianity, for the most part, must agree to a belief in a supernatural God. To state differently might mean it's time to find a support group. <laughs> I watched a documentary about convicted rapist Warren Jeffs and the FLDR, FLDS Church. That's uh, Latter-day Saints, fundamentalist Latter-day Saints. We find it easy to, to view them as a cult, separate, separate from our good churches and like Baptists and Presbyterians. Members of FLDS gave away all their money and in some cases their children 
in order to follow and obey their leader. They gathered in the valley, waiting for the world to end one morning at 6 a.m. And when it didn't, and they weren't called up into heaven, it was because they hadn't been righteous enough. This they learned at 6 p.m. after standing in a field for 12 hours. But it was proven eventually that underage women were sleeping with and having babies with that leader after having been cut off altogether from their parents. We can all see how wrong that is, but what those members experience standing in a field all day being found unrighteous is not altogether different from accounts of the nation of Israel. Their faith was weak. They fell short and were punished. Oh, that reminds me. Um, there's a documentary going around. It's on Netflix called Surviving R. Kelly. And if you're not familiar with R. Kelly, um, he's a singer who became very popular. Uh, he had a hit song, I Believe I Can Fly, I think. Number one hit, Billboard. And the guy's a great singer. But uh, it came to people's awareness that he seems to have a lot, and I mean a lot, of visitors who are trying out for the Team R. Kelly, who are teenage singers. <laughs> and then there was a tape that circled around that showed him and a 14-year-old having sex, allegedly. Okay, I'm not going to say that for sure because he denies it. However, the the aunt of the person who was the 14-year-old verifies, she swears that that girl was her niece and that that was definitely R. Kelly. But, you know, he hasn't been convicted for it yet, so. Um, now, I, I don't know why I brought that up, just because of FLDS. And now, R. Kelly, though, is still accepted by most people. Um, I don't know. I don't really, I can't speak for other people. But he, and he wasn't really a gospel singer necessarily, but, you know, he had a lot of connections in the gospel world as well. And singers had come through his group from gospel and such. So, R. Kelly, you were just ahead of your time, I guess. You were one step away from FLDS, and who knows? Maybe there's still a chance for you to join that uh, cult. <laughs> I don't. I think the government shut them down, though. I don't know. They they had a hard time. Now I'm going to go over to another chapter I wrote called Humble Pie because it is Thanksgiving Day. Right. Let me try to be okay. Thanksgiving Day. Why not read a chapter called Humble Pie? Which, by the way is a great group, a, a rock group that I used to listen to when I was a kid. You know? Humble Pie. Now, while I do that, I'm searching for Humble Pie so you can hear a little bit of it. Although you can always Google it on YouTube. Well, I mean, you can't Google it on YouTube except that Google owns YouTube. 
let's see. Well, there's an advertisement interrupting my humble pie. Can you believe that? That was UPS, just to give them due credit. Humble pie. Okay, here we go. Oh, thing about humble pie that I learned, and I forget right now who it is, but I'll, maybe I'll find out in a minute. This is live at the Fillmore. I've never heard it before. All right. that out because I got to get back to my chapter, Humble Pie. But in the back of my mind, I was thinking Humble Pie because when I was a kid, we used to listen to that band among many other bands. And what I learned when I was putting together this chapter was there's a famous musician who was a founding member of Humble Pie and then he quit. And what was the name of that musician? I'm just going to have to Google quit. Humble pie, that'll get me the answer. <laughs> I'm doing a little bit of online research. Peter Frampton, ah yes, Peter Frampton, he left Humble Pie, but he was the original member. And he went on his own solo career and the rest is history. Unfortunately, he passed away not that long ago, a couple of years, maybe one year ago. Now, back to my chapter, Humble Pie. It says, aside from being a little-known rock band from the 70s, Humble Pie, or humility, is a character trait in short, uh, in short order these days. A character trait in short order. In thinking back to the first chapters of this book, I remember stating that I don't actually know if there is a God, and therefore don't want to make a big, bold statement about his existence one way or another, but can safely admit and confirm that I'm a human being. Because that was two years ago. Well, I don't know when I wrote that, but several years ago. I now I don't believe in God. I don't even really. I don't hold out any hope to say. Oh, I think maybe there might be a God. I'm gone from that now. But anyway, the Bible has a few things to say about it, though, especially as an antonym to pride and arrogance. Talking about humble pie, or humility. There's something about reading the Bible for an hour a day that puts people in a calm state of mind, and I can see why that lends itself to people believing it's somehow more than the written word. Quote, unquote. It's apparently God's word because look how it changes me for the better when I read it con consistently. End quote. Then I thought of a phrase, in my humble opinion, IMHO. It's funny, but taking a moment to think of humility sometimes is a great way to check one's ego at the door. I mean, for a musician, come on. It's almost like being an athlete. We want to be the best, attract attention, build up our following. Had I not become a Christian, I don't know if I would have fully considered humility. But why not? 
Who's to say that without converting to a belief in God, I couldn't have figured that part out, as do most humans eventually. But one of my heroes, Jocko, was a show-off. Oh, we just talked about Jocko <laughs> on this particular episode. He was a show-off, though. And one might say, full of himself, which for a bipolar disease might be, in a way, factually accurate. But his game was to take over the world of electric bass, and why stop here? Why stop there? He stopped the whole world of jazz to look and wonder, what's wrong with a little human pride? He used it to bless others. And I can't tell you how much joy his musicianship brought me. And Pat Metheny, Joni Mitchell, Michael Brecker, Steely Dan, yes, Alan Holdsworth. I mean, these are people that affected me. Jocko actually played with uh, Joni Mitchell some. Um, and Michael Brecker. By the way, you could check out uh, Joni Mitchell live at the Hollywood Bowl, Shadows and Light, on YouTube. Full concert. That's an incredible concert with Jocko, Pat Metheny, Don Elias, Michael Brecker. Um, in their prime. Jocko's passed away. Michael Brecker passed away. I'm not sure about everybody else. Pat Metheny's still with us, though. Now, there are thousands of great bands and artists in this country, but each artist needs to possess some degree of pride in order to get up and practice another day to brave the pressure of, of standing in front of a large group of people. Isn't pride, in a way, a great thing to possess? Being a Christian musician, though, is unusual in that respect, since it is not about the applause of the audience. We used to say to ourselves before going out, audience of one. Those were the corny days, but regardless, the phrase stuck in my head. Not corny in terms of the musicians, since we were mostly jazz fusion monsters, but corny in the sense that bands don't say that type of stuff these days. But musicians do take pride in playing great, and the audience of one mentality was a way to remind ourselves that we're not about impressing a human audience anymore. See, because we're Christians. Right. So anyway, this chapter goes on and on. I'm going to skip a couple of paragraphs, and I'm going to say James chapter 4 discusses friendship with the world, but not in detail. I'm going to be honest. The broad brushstrokes in that chapter seem profound, but don't capture the real human life. It mainly deals with lusts and pleasures, envy and strife, which are all certainly large human problems and difficult to deal with. Of course, the solution is to believe in a God figure and abandon all friendship with the world and thus avoid Satan, who is exacerbating, maybe even causing all these problems in the first place. <laughs> right. Let me just see, make sure I'm, well, I'm still recording, but I'm running out of time, people. Um, what if we remove all that voodoo magic solution BS for a, for a moment? What are we left with? We have human pride and envy run amok. This is human being level three out of 100. To be a better human, we should not steal from Tommy in the playground. He has that cool tractor truck and you want to take it. Let's learn that Tommy is a friend and enjoys having his truck 
and we can get one too. A little basic training in humanity might be the solution, don't you think? I mean, horses and dogs can learn to do amazing things through training. Humans too, at least professionally. Why don't we include basic human training in our universities? Because that's God's department. Don't steal from your fellow brother. Don't take what he has earned and what means so much to him or her, such as a significant other. God training does approach many of the important issues humans have, uh, except for the fact that there is no God, so God's not really training anybody. And of course, the Holy Spirit is the guide, so let's not take any credit for anything, but it all requires a submission to an invisible power. And if you don't get that, you adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is hostility toward God? How dare you? So I was just finishing up, but I think that's also from the book of James. Oh, well, I've got a sponsor to mention, and that is, go to bit.ly. bit.ly.com Pardon me. I'll go to bit.ly. Oh. bit.ly slash manage dash rep. That's it. bit.ly slash manage dash dash rep. And get a free walkthrough from these great people that I, that I love and work with. Just about how your business can get a boosted reputation. It, it also will help you with uh, increasing your revenue, with e-commerce, no, with uh, email. I think I just ran out of time. So if it's still recording, great, but if not, I'm going to have to end it right now, and I'm going to see if this all worked. But thank you for tuning in to Oh the Humanity. This is Richard Blaine, and you could go to my uh, page, which is anchor.fm slash richard-blaine that's B-L-A-I-N-E anchor.fm slash richard-blaine and say, hey, I want to support this podcast. That would be so good. We appreciate it. Well, thanks. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody and have a good day. Bye-bye.